Okay? It's me. What can I say? So I'm going to read a verse, and then I'm going to go backwards and examine it and look at it. Okay? So in verse 12 of chapter 1, it says, One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. So this is the truth about these type of people. Ay, 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 ay. What a thing to say about them, huh? And it says it's one of their own guys that said this. It's not Paul saying it. It's one of their own men that said, this is what's true about our people. I think, wow. And he, he is now taking the opportunity to tell Titus, this young man that he served with uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he tells us that Titus was, he considered him a partner, a partner in ministry. That's how much he loved this young guy. That's how much he said, this guy is, is my helper. He's a helper. And so as he thinks about it, he's sending him, he's telling him, this is what I want you to do with these guys. And you think, why would you tell him to run for his life? But the reality of it is, I think of this in many senses, folks, of all of you. I, I, you know, God looked at me and he said, you're so weak, i got to make you a pastor. Otherwise, you get in trouble. But for so many of you, you're out there dealing with the liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies in the world every day. You may be a student. I think we have some students here. I was speaking with a young man before service going to FIU. I think I said that right. Is FIU, right? Yeah. And so you may be a student. And what are you encountering every day as a student? What type of situations come up each and every day as you have sometimes professors that are trying to pour into you a lot of the garbage that's out there in the world. Maybe you're in the workforce. You're working out among people that their language, their manner of living, their whole lifestyle is horrible. Co-workers that maybe will lie about you to make themselves look a little better. Isn't that a thing that happens in the world? And so in each and every one of these instances now, we see what he writes to Titus, and, and before he even mentions this verse, he encourages him. And I pray tonight that we would see that the word of God, no matter what the situation is in your life, because there can be some tough times in this life, isn't there? I mean, everybody can encounter those things. You may have that person at work that's telling lies about you to the boss or to other people. Huh. And all of a sudden, everybody's looking at you and every time you go by, they're whispering. Many times in the world, 
People like to put other people down to make themselves look or feel a little better about themselves. Sad. But what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to act? And so as I read this in Titus now, I'd like to look at it, you know, as we see this young pastor, um, that God is beginning to, to challenge him and wants to use him in such a powerful way among these people. And I like it. He wants to use you among the people that are out there every day, doesn't he? If we stop and think about that, if we really believe all that is going on is just a sign of the times, and I believe it's all part of the setup for what is about to take place. Uh, folks, could you imagine? Stop for a moment and think. Do you think it's bad now? And it is, isn't it? Trying to force you for vaccines and however, whatever side of that you're on, doesn't matter to me. For vaccines, against vaccines, that's not the issue to me. What they want to force us to do is an issue. Okay? But then, not only vaccines, COVID, that's... But how about all the things that are taking place around us? Things in our society. You know, I cannot in my mind, fathom, uh, and, and again, I know I'm older. Some of you young folks, you may not agree with me. You may not even be able to think this way. But it's hard for me to fathom that we would have had to have worried about. I, I never dreamt, uh, even though I know Scripture says in the days of Noah, in the days of Lot, I knew the things that took place. But I never in my Days, I've been pastoring for 44 years now. And I never dreamt when I was a young pastor that I would see the day that we would be worrying about in the schools as to whether a guy that wants to dress like a girl can go into the girl's bathroom. I hate to tell you what the guys would have done. It wouldn't have been an issue. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's what would have been done back then. I'm not excusing that. But I'm going to tell you, I never thought that we would reach this stage. I, I really didn't. And yet every time I open my Bible, it, you see more of the news in your Bible than you do in the news, let me tell you. The truth of the news is right here. If you... Look at, you know, your phone. Does anybody even buy a newspaper anymore? Is there such a thing? <laughs> do they have them? They probably do still have some somewhere. Okay? But everybody does it on their phones, right? Even I've done it now. And that's really hard to imagine. I'm a dinosaur. Okay? <laughs> I had to have my kids show me how to do these things. My wife does so good with this. She does. She's always saying, it's not that hard. And I'm going, but I don't want to learn it. <laughs> so let's look at what God says. Because I believe with all my heart, that's the most important thing we could ever do. You guys that are in school, you want to learn what it is that you need to do to be prepared? It's right here. 
You people that want to learn what it is, excuse me. He always does. Thank you. But you want to learn how to react to the people at work? It's right here. It really is. And so we see now, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I love this chapter because it starts off with one of my favorite things. It says a doulos. Many of you are very familiar with doulos. You've had a doulos program here for a lot of years, huh? I look around the room and I see so many that went through the doulos. And I see them serving still today. And it just blesses my heart, blesses me to see what God is doing with some of the people in this fellowship. It is absolutely amazing. A doulos is a servant. We know this. I know how you guys are taught. But a doulos is a servant that is a servant by choice. You can look at the scriptures, whether you look at uh, Exodus uh, chapter 21, Leviticus 25, Deuteronomy 15. You can go through a lot of different texts. And it deals with the fact, this is what I used to use on my boys when they were young. Because earrings were a fad for boys. And I said, you want one? Okay, no problem. I'll take you over to the doorpost. And I'll put an awl, and I'll, mm, I'll fix it. My son got me one day. I couldn't figure out what he was doing. He kept walking back and forth in front of me. And I'm sitting in my recliner, and I looked up, and finally I realized he had an earring. I think I dove out of my chair. <laughs> I grabbed his ear and went, mm, and it came off of my hand. It was a magnet. <laughs> and he's standing there laughing his head off because he, he knew how I would react. <laughs> then I had to come to realize, you know, there's worse things in an earring. <laughs> okay. Uh, but he got me good. He got me good. I admit. So Paul is a doulos. He establishes that he's a servant of God. But it's by choice. He knows what God has done for him. That's the amazing part, folks, that when we realize what God has done for us, we just love to serve him. We just it, we can't do anything but serve him. We appreciate the opportunity. I I say it all the time and uh, many people in the church know this, that I'll quit serving when they put a toe tag on me. Okay? When I die, I'll quit serving. And my wife said, I probably won't. I'll probably sit up <laughs> and tell somebody what to do. Uh, and that's okay. I don't care. Because God has called us all to be a doulos. If we know what God has done, how can we want to do anything else but serve him? By choice. Not because we're forced to. Not because we have to. Not because we earn stripes by doing it. Oh, I'm going to get... You know, like when you were back in school, uh, I don't know if they did this with you, but uh, 
They used to give us stars on a paper. Remember how they used to do I used to get jealous. People used to get stars all the time. I never got stars. <laughs> but that kids would have stars. They'd have five stars across there. I'm going, oh, man, that's crazy. I'd want to steal them from them. <laughs> but they'd get all these stars. And it's like sometimes I think Christians are that way. They're looking like they're going to get a gold star from God for what they're doing. We're trying to earn our way. And it has not. Man, we just love the privilege of serving him. What has he done for me? He took this wretched guy that was a horrible creature. And you guys, most of you know this, they, that, that my wife was even afraid to marry. She didn't. My, the reputation of my family wasn't good. Just leave it at that. It wasn't real good. So when she found out who I was, it's like, ooh. She didn't want anything to do with me. And I can't say that I blame her. But Jesus does a change in our lives. Look at this now. And an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the fruit which is after godliness. So two things that are here. First off, we see God's elect. And everybody's almost afraid to use that term. God's elect. Oh, man, when you go over to Peter, it says, according to the foreknowledge of God, his elect. And you go, well, how do I know if I'm God's elect? It's simple. It really is. Accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you're the elect. You're born again. Remember, it said because of the foreknowledge of God, God knew before the foundations of the world who was going to receive him and who wasn't. It's not that he chose certain people for hell. Do you know, it's a sad thing. People have to fight against God to go to hell. God never sends anybody to hell. I don't believe he does. They choose to go there. So you're elect. You're born again. It's a simple thing, folks. And then he says, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. I like that part, too. Because what it is happening here now is as God's elect, as his people that are saved, it goes on and tells us in several verses through this book. Several verses, and I'll mention them. But the reality of it is, there's the works that happen. Works by choice. In other words, there's a change in a person's life. When I first got saved, and, and some of you probably remember this, but when I first got saved, I accepted Jesus. I prayed the sinner's prayer. But quite honestly, there wasn't much of a change in my life. I was still smoking dope. I was still drinking. And my wife knows one of her dearest friends. Uh, for some reason, you know, it was back before I was married or anything. And, and we went out to dinner one night. It was a pretty nice restaurant. 
I don't do those. But I, I fancy lunch for us now is go to Wendy's. Okay. But, you know, I was, I actually had a sports coat on, a tie, and everything for this dinner. We're in a nice restaurant. And so this friend of ours and I are sitting there, and we're just talking. And then she just laid into me in this nice restaurant. You are the biggest hypocrite that I have ever seen. You say you accepted Jesus. What is wrong with you? You're still smoking dope. You're still drinking. Blah, blah, blah. And she's laying into me. And the whole restaurant's watching. It was almost like a movie set. You know where people are just all turned and they're watching. And all I could do is sit there and say, you're right. You're right. And it was at that point I made him my Lord. I wanted to serve God. I wanted to change. And you know, he began to do such radical changes in my life. It was the most amazing. Uh, there was no denying it. There was no denying it. I had had a fist fight with my principal. Don't recommend that, students. Again, I was a pretty, pretty horrible person. And I actually went to the man and asked for forgiveness. I had teachers that, because I was, I was a subterranean guy, you know, terrible grades, everything, but I had to ask them for forgiveness. And as I mentioned to some of the students the other night, for the first time in my life, my senior year, I got a 2.00 my last semester. That meant I became average. 2.0. But God began to do a radical change in my life. He took away the alcohol. I smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. I, I, in my mind, I can't fathom that anymore, but he took it away like that. I didn't have a problem with withdrawal. I didn't have to chew the gum or, you know, all the things that put the patches on Billions of dollars people spend on that. I didn't have to. The Lord took it away. Took away the taste, the desire. God began to do such radical changes. Because I believe with all of my heart, what begins to happen in a person when they're truly born again is a change begins to happen. And said through that, look at what it tells us. Look at verse 16 of this chapter. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. In works, they deny him. So many times. That's what I was doing. The very things I was doing, I could say, oh, Jesus loves you. And in the same token, I'm doing everything but showing the love of Christ. He goes on. I'm telling you, several verses in here. Chapter 2, look at verse 7. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, Showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech. So in other words, there's such a change. There's good works coming forth from your life. Not because I have to earn the salvation. God's already given it to me. Now, I just love him and I'm responding to him. I'm responding to what God has done. And he goes on. Several verses. Look at chapter 2, verse 14. 
who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. And let me tell you, we are peculiar people. Zealous of good works. We get excited about it, don't we? Serving Jesus becomes just such a joy. We get excited about serving Jesus. Do you get excited about serving Jesus? I do. I think it's one of the greatest privileges that I could ever have is to serve my blessed Savior. And he goes on. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, and to be ready to every good work. Ready to serve at a heartbeat, at a moment's notice. Ready for every good work. Just desiring to do whatever I can to bless the Lord. You may think, you know, it's, it's a dangerous thing if we're doing it to serve the people. And, and I, what I mean by that now, or to be noticed by the people, I probably would say is a better way. You're not doing it because you want to be noticed. I have seen guys, over the years I've seen probably, you know, a lot of things in my life. I can't say I've seen everything, but I've seen a lot. I've seen guys that, you know, when they saw the pastor coming in the back door, they would grab the vacuum out of your hand. And they start vacuuming, man, you know, so the pastor sees them when he walks by. But then when he walks in his office, they hand it right back to you. Did you not? Because they want to be noticed for what they're doing. And I just shake my head and say, hey, sleep on. <laughs> sleep on. Because that's what some people want to be noticed by the pastor, by the elders, by all the, the people in the church. No. Are you doing it for Jesus? That's what it should be. Uh, look at verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So this is a faithful saying, man, that they want to continue to do, maintain good works. They want to keep doing it. It's not like, you know, you want to, you're, oh, well, you know, I've been doing this for two years now. Whoa. And nobody's patted me on the back. So, so you need to get patted on the back. Your reward's in heaven. Are you doing it because you're doing it for the Lord? Look at one last verse, and then we'll turn back to the beginning of the chapter. And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses that they be not unfruitful. Do you want your life to be fruitful or unfruitful? You want to be fruitful, maintain good works. Keep doing the things that God has put before you to do. You just love the privilege of doing it. And so, to me, that's an important part of what we see within this. But this text, go back to chapter 1 again. Because we see some other things that take place here now. 
First off, who are God's elect of the saved? The second thing is, man, it's a privilege to serve. You just want to serve your whole life. In hope of eternal life. Oh, how I love that. You know, we're promised eternal life, aren't we? How long is eternal life? Eternal. I like that. Huh? What I really like, I got to admit to you, when you have your bodies breaking down, you know, and I know some of you out there can relate. Some of you young guys, man, I know you still look in the mirror at the gym. Okay? You do. You look at those muscles and you go, oh. why do they have all the mirrors in the gym? Because they're all looking at their muscles and go, oh, man, how sweet. Hey, I used to have a chest that dropped. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> I look forward to a new body. No more aches and pains. Oh, yeah, you get up in the morning and you sit on the, you get old. Don't you? Think I'm kidding. You sit on the other edge of the bed for a minute just to see how bad things hurt. <laughs> so you know if when you get up you have to hang on to the dresser. Okay, ah, come on. I know some of you are in that state. Give me a break. Some of you do it too. I can't be the only one in here. There was a time, man, that I'd jump up, my feet hit the floor, and I'm ready to go. Now i got to get the body in motion. Okay? Uh, it, it happens. But that eternal life that's promised us, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Think about that. He made a promise that you and I would be able to have eternal life. And we looked at, we just sang. His promises are, are man, I'm telling you, I love that as we're singing that, I'm thinking, Lord, that's so good. His promises, he doesn't break them. You and I sometimes break a promise because we don't know what's ahead, do we? We might make a promise and then situations change for us uh, because we're not all-knowing. We don't know what's ahead. Something could have happened, and for some reason, we had to change. You know, we had to change our, our promise. We can't keep it. But what, there's nothing that can surprise God. He knows everything that's happening. So when he makes a promise, he's able to keep it. His word is true. I like it. I like it. I stand on it. I think about it all the time. Lord, you promise us eternal life. Eternal life. And I like looking at the scriptures. I turn to different scriptures so many times. Because one of my favorite is I like 1 John chapter 3. You know, because we have this blessed hope, don't we? Do you ever stop and think about that? Do you just dwell on that? Sometimes I get zoned out. I don't know what you guys would call it. I sit there and I'm like in my own little world. Nobody ever does that? Okay. I know, I do weird things, so I get it. 
But I get zoned out. I don't really see anybody. I don't hear anybody. It's just like I'm in my own little world at the moment. And I'm thinking about eternity. I'm thinking about the blessed hope that we have. I, you know, I get excited about the rapture a lot. I believe we're close. Man, and we think things are bad now. Wait till we're raptured. You're the restraining. The Holy Spirit in you is the restraining force right now. That all hell doesn't break loose here on earth. You think it's bad? It's going to get a lot worse. A lot worse. So I get excited, man. I start thinking about the promises of God, what he says. And man, I just, I get chills. I get excited about it. I got to sit upstairs. I, I, I encourage you. Uh, some of you would remember. I know Pastor Raz and Pastor Zach. I, I know they remember. Reverend Lockeridge. Remember him? He was a, a black Baptist pastor out in Southern California in the 80s. Early 80s. And he did the My King. Remember that? You remember that? My king, he's a glorious king. Man, I get it. Oh, that sends chills. But I, I came across him today. I don't even know how. As I'm sitting there studying, all of a sudden, one of my notes in my Bible said Lockridge. And I went, oh. So I looked him up on the phone. Oh, it can't be a tool. And I came across a 16-minute message by him. And I sat there. Man, I'm sitting there in the, in the little upper room. I was in the upper room. And I'm sitting up there at the desk, my hands just before the Lord, as I'm listening to this guy getting so excited. I encourage you, uh, if you get the chance, look him up. Listen to him. Man, he's going to bless your socks off. I mean, just amazing. Uh, I, I really appreciate the guy. You know, I know he's with the Lord. I look forward to meeting him, seeing him. But uh, it gets exciting. But God promised before the world began. Notice verse 3, because I'm getting low on time already. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching. This is another important part. Manifested his word through preaching. I would like to encourage you young people that are going off to school. Did the colleges start yet? Did they? Okay. Yeah, so they're back at school already. Uh, no, they're ready to. I see somebody. Yeah. Okay. They're ready to go back. And, uh, and your high schools and all that are started? Or they're getting ready to start some of them? Okay. Depends on where you're at. Uh, but I, I want to encourage you. Find, if you're away from home, find a Bible teaching church. Can I say that again? Find a Bible teaching church. Now, I want to be careful in there. Because what some people consider the Bible, they're not really using the Bible. Many of these versions today are no good, but that's not even the issue. What they say that's in there is not really good. They give you more opinion than what the Bible says. That can be dangerous. 
I know what you got here. And if you're close to home, come to fellowship. It's important. We get lazy as Christians sometimes. I know you never would. But we get lazy as Christians sometimes. We sit back and we think, you know, uh, I'm tired. I worked all day. And I know that. I get that. I get it. And down here, you got heat and humidity. <laughs> you do. You have heat and humidity. And I get it. You know, we've had the hottest summer that we've ever had, I think. We've had a couple days over 100 degrees already. Man, we usually average three days of 90. We've had weeks of that already. It's been a hot summer. So I think we're getting a little taste. But we don't have the humidity you guys got. Okay? We just don't. So I get it. You're out working all day, and sometimes you come home, you're tired. But I want to tell you, I want to encourage you. Get to Bible study. You're here tonight, so what? You're not the ones I need to tell. Encourage others. <laughs> I mean it. Because there's nothing more important than maintaining and sitting and hearing Word of God. Yes, you're reading the Word of God. Absolutely, I get it. You have your personal time in the Word. Absolutely. But there is something about the gathering together of the saints. Through the COVID thing, we had a short time where we weren't meeting together. You know, we did it uh, through live stream. I guess they call it live stream. I'm not the tech guy. I just do what they tell me. Okay? <laughs> I can't even get my boarding passes for going home. I said, Zach, help. <laughs> hey, I'm a technology idiot. Okay? Yeah, I mean it. But, you know, we did the, the, but there's, it's not the same. I have a, I struggle with people that still are home. I get it. There's some people that for various reasons, we have a lot of elderly folks and they have a lot of medical issues. And so they still struggle. I get it. I, I do. I get it. But for the most part, what are we doing? The fellowship that I have with you since I've been here, man, it has been absolutely wonderful. I don't feel like I'm a guest. We're family. I mean, I'm, I mean it, you know. We have been for how many years has it been? Raz, my compadre back here, it's been a long, we go back a long ways. Well, you're getting old too. <laughs> it's not just me. He was a little kid. <laughs> I think Alicia was still called the princess back then. I think Ella took over. <laughs> so we've been doing, we've been together a long time. It's not it's not a guess. It's family. So many of you out there that I know and love, and have grown to love over the years. It's family. So I can't even say a guest, you know. Uh, but as I look at this, be in fellowship. If you're off to college somewhere, you be in fellowship. Find a good, solid Bible teaching church. When I say sound doctrine, we're encouraged. I'm going to tell you, Paul makes so many times through Timothy in here, sound doctrine, sound doctrine, 
sound doctrine. If I could say it again, sound doctrine. If I could beat it into your head, sound doctrine. Because it's that important. I mean it. It's that important to know what the Bible says. You know, you, you should be so rooted. You should be so grounded in the word. That's important. And back in several years ago, uh, when I was a young pastor, okay, I was young once. Yeah, I think I was 24, 25, when, I'll never forget, cults were a big issue in our area. We had the Moonies. Remember the Moonies? Anybody? You guys probably don't remember the Moonies. Reverend Sun Young Moon, you know, the Moonies. They were so big in our area. The Way International, another big one that was, oh, man. And then Jehovah Witnesses were right down the road. I mean, the biggest compound for Jehovah Witnesses was right in West Virginia, which is not far from us. So we had cults everywhere. Didn't matter where you turned. You go to the airport, they're doing their flower thing, you know. Uh, everywhere you went. And so I started studying the cults. And I will never forget this elderly lady in the church at the time. <laughs> she comes up and she's wagging her finger in my face. She's, now, Pastor Tony, I'm telling you, you better just study the Bible. Forget about all these cults. And I thought, you're right. Because if you know the Bible, you guys out there, you young people that are going off to school or in high school, when people confront you or when the teachers are coming up with, I'm not, not a knock against teachers. I love teachers. I think they're, you know, but there's some weird things out there today. There is. And so when they're coming across with these stupid things that they're coming out with today, trying to indoctrinate you into some of these things, you know what the Bible says. You're aware of what the Bible says. You can back up what you say. Uh, it's an important issue. It's important to know why. I'm always challenging our kids. Know what you believe and why you believe it. Not just because your church teaches it. I think that's where danger comes. Sometimes we put it, you know, the church, my church teaches this. Well, big deal. What do you believe? Why? And why do you believe it? Establish that. Know what it is. It's very important. I better move on. I got a couple minutes left here. And I do want to cover uh, just one more issue here for you. Uh, notice what he says, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Notice that phrase. That's very important. Because in the very next one, he calls from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. He's calling God. Jesus and God are one. Very important. You need to be able to pick up on those kind of things as you're reading the word. Because the Father and the Son are one, are they not? It's all those kind of things that when you uh, find a church that is solid doctrine, they're going to be teaching you things like the Holy Spirit. How many times I've heard it. The Holy Spirit's not an it. It's a he. He is the Holy Spirit. All through scripture. And guess what? So many of the churches today, and I'm sad to say this, but there are churches out there 
uh, instead of father, it's father or mother, God. And yet young people are falling for it. Old people are falling for it. We've got to be careful of that, folks. We need to know, this is what the Bible says. Wait a minute. That's not what my Bible says. That's not what the Word says. You need to be able to look at it and say, no, this is what the Word of God has to say. And you know in your heart, you're very strong in that. You're steadfast in that. Because there is a move, and and I believe it's Satan has planted it but because of the heart of man being deceitfully wicked in the way he is let me tell you they're they picked up on it and they're teaching some of these things like it is fact oh oh you must you must read that king james bible or or new king james well i I don't read that one i read the gender neutral bible gender-neutral Bible. Let me show you what to do with that. Let me see it for a minute. <laughs> I used to drive one of the guys crazy at the castle every time he would, you know, do something. I, 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 he wanted to take vacation when I would show up because I was not into, we'd see a piece of two-by-four this long, and it would have 20 nails in it, and he's looking at it, and he's standing there examining it and going, well, if we pull the nails, I could save this, and we might be able to use it. I'd say, let me see that for a second. (laughs) Right on the fire. (laughs) You know? Uh, Poor guy, man, he wanted to take vacation every time I showed up. Uh, Takes more time to take out 20 nails and then a two-foot piece of two-by-four, you know? Come on. So I'm a pretty radical guy. I guess you'd never guess that. But he says, let's finish this now, okay? To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, peace, from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. The common faith. Oh, So many people, I think, mistake what that is talking about. We have a common faith. I believe with most of you, at least, I have a common faith. Our relationship in Jesus Christ. Okay? But, guess what? That's not exclusive to Calvary Chapel Finger Lakes or to Calvary Chapel Miami. There are others that are part of that common faith. That believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. They believe all the, the essentials, if you will. They may choose to worship a little bit different. Now there's some that are out there in outer space somewhere. I'm not sure when they're coming back. Okay? But there's some that are really out there. But I'm talking about the basic essentials. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I can tell you there's a brother over in Israel. Well, I, I take that back. I think he's going home to be with the Lord. But there was a brother uh, that belonged to a Catholic organization over there called White Fathers. It's a missionary group that they run. Uh, remember where we would sing at St. Anne's, Raz? The, the acoustics in there? This brother was a monk. Okay? And we, we would show up because we found out that he was actually trained 
at the castle in Pennsylvania. That's where he did his training. And uh, we'd show up, and he'd, he wants to come out and worship with us. He was a brother in the Lord. And we go, a Catholic can be saved? There are some. I got news for you. There's some of the frozen chosen. Presbyterians. Okay. We look at what some of these denominations, if you will, have become. How they've gotten away from the word. But let me tell you. There are still people that love the word of God. And know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So the common faith can be somebody outside of Calvary Chapel, Miami. Or Calvary Chapel, Finger Lakes. They can be. I know the Baptist church right down the road from us. I know many of the believers in that church. And I could be together with them. Matter of fact, when we get back, September 4th, we have what we call Praise in the Park. Okay? One of our guys in our church does this. He calls it Praise in the Park. He has his property. He's opened it up. We have uh, different worship teams come from different churches. Can that be? But yeah. He invites all these different worship teams from different places. There's a church up in the city. And I'm going to tell you, it is wonderful. There's a black church up in the city. And I say because it's primarily that's, we're, we're in Farmington. We got a couple families. But realistically, they're there. And have you ever gone? Do you ever see how they rock? I'm telling you. That's why I love Dr. Lockridge. I, I, I love listening to men because they're singing the whole time he's preaching. They are. They said, if you don't want, if this is too distracting for you, you can go to such and such a place and turn it off. Uh, I don't want to turn it off. It didn't distract me from the word. Okay? But man, I can't wait to rock with them. I mean it. Ooh, I like it. So, other fellowships. How wonderful. Okay? I have brothers and sisters in many other churches. And we gather together those four times during the summer. The first Saturday of each month during the summer. We have what's called Praise in the Park. Uh, we do a big chicken barbecue. I like to go help cook. Uh, you know, so that we can feed. We feed everybody. Free lunches. You know, they get all free lunches. This guy just feels that it's just a wonderful opportunity. Get Christians together. You know, that love people that love the Lord. We worship together for the day. It's great. The common faith, grace. We all know grace. We understand that. Grace being getting something I don't deserve. I'm getting something. He, man, does he pour out his grace upon me. Then mercy is not getting what I deserve. And I'm sure thankful for that. But then peace. And I'll finish up with this because we're a couple minutes over. Peace. So many times people, and I want to challenge you, young people, you'll hear this from people, uh, you know, and even the older people, we could get caught up in this. We're looking for peace, but we're not really understanding where the true peace comes from. We're looking for peace because we want to find it at you know, a certain place. I know those that think the only time they can ever have peace is at the beach. Well, let me tell you, 
you're still there. So you're not going to have peace because you're still there. That's the issue. The issue's in here. The issue isn't the place. The issue isn't just the people. It's about your relationship with God. Peace comes when you're no longer at war with God. Because until you are born again, until you are walking the Spirit, until you are just falling more in love with Jesus every day, you're not going to have peace, not true peace. Your heart's going to be in turmoil. And who wants that? I love the fact that I have peace. I'm no longer fighting against God. I'm falling in love with God more and more every day. Every day that goes by. It's the same as a marriage. Remember he makes that comparison. Guys, the promise that God gives is the longer you're married, I know you young people think you're so in love it can never get any better. Some of you that have just been married, wonderful. And it's true, you're in love. But let me tell you, after 48 years, I can gladly say I'm so much more in love with my wife than I ever thought I could be. And that's a promise from God for all of us. And so the longer you walk with the Lord, he makes that comparison. You can be more in love with God each and every day. That's peace. The turmoil in your life is gone because you're at rest in him. You're no longer fighting against God. You're walking with God in the coolness of the garden. I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. And I better stop right there. There is so much more to this book. It's absolutely incredible. For only a couple chapters, it really is just packed full of stuff to encourage us. And that's what Paul wants to do. Paul really had a ministry where he was exhorting, encouraging constantly the brothers and sisters those that were young in the faith those that were young in ministry isn't that what God loves to do for us it's wonderful so remember Jesus loves you this I know for the Bible tells me so amen amen love you guys thank you for your prayers uh A worship team can come up. Uh, scripture I thought of is in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. And uh, maybe you're here and you don't have peace right now. It's a great reminder. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, it tells us, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? So again, even like on Sunday, we saw that you're either a son of God or a son of the devil for each and every one of us. And again, who are you obeying? If you're obeying God's word, it's going to lead to peace, to joy, to happiness, to satisfaction. But if you're being obedient to this world, to the things going on in the media, in the news, to unbelievers, there's going to be no peace there. 
It's only going to be more and more fear, more and more chaos, more and more of your life, your hope, your joy being robbed from you. Uh, so hey, let's all stand. We'll close in this song. The pastors will be up front if you would like some prayer. Uh, maybe you want to be serving the Lord more. Maybe you want to say, hey, I'm tired of being a slave to the devil. All he does is steal, kill, and destroy. I want to serve the Lord. Man, come up front and uh, pray with one of the pastors. So Lord, again, we thank you so much uh, for Pastor Tony, Lord, and Pam. We ask, Lord, you continue to bless them. Lord, thank you for their faithfulness to you, Lord, and serving and the ministry, God. Lord, help each of us, Lord, to be faithful, Lord, to put our hands to the plow, Lord, and not look back, God. And uh, Lord, we just pray, Lord, again, that we would examine our lives, Lord. Who are we obeying, Lord? Are we being obedient to your word? Are we be being obedient to our friends or the media, the news, Lord, the phone, God? Lord, I just pray that truly we would uh, be your disciples, Lord. We'd be obedient to your word. So we just love you. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. We bow our hearts. We bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. So give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. So give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. We bow our hearts. We bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes. From evil things, oh Lord, we cast down our idols. So give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Don't God let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face, O God of Jacob. O God let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face. Oh, God of Jacob. So give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. And give us clean hands 
and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face. Oh God of Jacob, oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face. Oh God of Jacob, seeks your face. Oh God of Jacob, seeks your face. Oh God of Jacob. Lord, we love you, God. Help us to keep our focus on you, Lord. We ask that you be with us this week, Lord. Help us to be a good example to those around us, God. To live all out for you, Lord. We ask that you be with us. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go with the Lord. You're dismissed.